Riot Squad, a female-powered media agency proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp, September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there. Love this podcast? Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Welcome to Your Life the Mixtape presents Headliners. Each week, I am joined by the best and the brightest stars of music from all over the world to find out a little bit about what makes them tick. On this episode of Headliners, I am joined by LA's own London's Falling to talk a little bit about their new single, 911. Welcome to the show. Yo, what's going on? It's hey. London here. It's Jacoby. We're so excited to be on here today and uh, yeah, talk about everything. Let's get into it. So tell me then uh, if you could uh, collaborate with any musician living or dead, who would you pick? Uh, For me, uh, my name is London, by the way, I'm the singer. uh, And I would say Gerard Way personally from My Chemical Romance is a huge inspiration to me and to be able to collaborate with uh, such a living legend and icon would just be an absolute dream for me. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not as fun because both of our answers are uh, like alive people. But <laughs> my answer would have to be uh, Tom York from Radiohead. I just he's just radio is my favorite band. Um, he's just a genius in every way. I just relate to his creativity and uh, the way he crafts words and melodies i don't know how where else to go from there i just love his relation between dark and uh darkness and beauty it's amazing those are both very solid answers i like that thank you <laughs> actually the first time uh in the history of the show that either of those people have been mentioned so well done oh wow, wow. nice do you do you guys usually get like uh more more living people or people who've passed away when you like answers i usually usually i get like one of each and usually for the living people it's i usually get a lot of like bob dylan's joni mitchell's Uh you know in that kind of yeah kind of older older like complete icons yeah that's cool well glad to be a first (laughs) yeah so describe your latest project using only one word I said exhilarating. Um, that's just like the very, very first uh, word that comes to mind. It's just, it's really meant to um, just kind of hit you where it hurts and just like talk about, you know, the themes that we really believed in when we wrote it. So I, I just. And really... I, I think for, for me, it was exciting was the first word, but I, 
I think exhilarating is a more encapsulating word because he's right. It, it does like hit you in that sense, but it also at the same time manages this balance of kind of fun, upbeat catchiness to where if you didn't know what the song was about, I think, uh, you know, 911 is a really just catchy and fun song, but it also has this sort of deeper meaning to it. So it's a really, I think exhilarating is a great word for it. Who is an artist that if they popped into this Zoom right now and said, you have to come on tour with me right now, who are you dropping everything for? There are honestly so, so many artists right now. If any artist that was a touring artist in our genre wanted to, we would absolutely. But specifically right now, some artists that are actually kind of on tour. Um, Blink-182 is an you know, absolute iconic band for us. And uh, My Chemical Romance. Also, I mentioned Gerard Way earlier. Fallout Boy just announced their tour with Bring Me the Horizon, which is honestly such a sick tour. And if... Any any of these bands walk like on the Zoom said, "Yo, you guys got to open for us." That would be just an absolute dream. Yeah, I mean, for me, for me, I'd have to be Paramore. I just, I, I wanted, I want to meet Haley Williams really, really badly. <laughs> I've, I've been in love with her since I was eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that you mentioned Haley Williams uh, on this show across all genres of music. She is a favorite of everybody that's, everybody that's loves why her. i love her that's why i love paramore so much is because they're like it's regardless genre list culture list everyone they just they're you know they really break down doors and like barriers just to you know they're yeah. enjoyed by any type of person i full disclosure i have been trying since the idea for this show came to life trying to get her on the show <laughs> that, would, that would be like i believe i would I be believe. able to hang up on hang up <laughs> I'd, I'd be done I'd be like yeah. all right well i'm good yep well we believe in you <laughs> I, I think it'll happen good juju we're gonna go on tour with her and you're yeah. gonna get an interview exactly with her. excellent excellent <laughs> I'll, I'll pop in on one of the dates we'll do this whole thing live yeah and there just, you go it'll be a whole thing <laughs> So if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? So, yeah, I'll go first. I wish that, and I think that I'm not alone here, and it's hard to argue this because of the fact that, you know, it is pretty, pretty saturated right now, but I wish that the gap between beginning in art um, and actually making a living off of it wasn't so huge. Um, I think that it takes a lot of energy and time to even begin to have a chance to be able to live off of your work. And uh, at least in America, because the joke is, is that in, in other countries, I know that um, you can get like um, like grants and stuff for working in art and everything, but the second you come to America, you're completely on your own and dependent on, on figuring out your way to make it work for you. So I just, I, I just wish that the gap wasn't that huge um that's 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 my only way and it, it kind of goes into what i had answered which is it's it relates um very much so because it's kind of about that in between period which is for me i would personally love if more people in the music industry kind of cared about the the art of music you know it's why most people are in music in the first place is because of the art of it and uh it seems it seems like a lot of the times especially nowadays with so many social medias that 
your art form is just a very small percentage of what makes you attractive to, to people in the music industry and all of the things that sort of surround you and your likeness, like your followers, your image, your streams or your views on YouTube or whatever, all of those things um, make up a way greater percentage for a lot of people. And I definitely, you know, every artist, I think, wishes that people actually cared more about their art rather than just, uh, you know, everything surrounding yeah. it. Yeah, I think that I think that if the gap wasn't so huge, I think that that um, even what London said would would happen a lot more like the focus on the actual yeah. art would be a lot more present as it probably was beforehand before, you know, the the change in this industry, but there's positives and negatives to it, you know. What's a venue that you would give anything to play? Yeah, we both said Red Rocks Amphitheater. <laughs> yeah, Red Rocks is such an iconic and, and amazing, uh, amazing venue. Just not only the artists that have played there before to be able to play on the same stage as all of those artists, but also just the physical venue itself where it's located is so, so, so sick looking. And I've always wanted to go or perform. Yeah. That is that is the most popular answer to yeah. this question. That mm. uh, that makes sense. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dream. I've 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 been there, but like not for a show, but literally just to go there. And I oh, really? just sat there and just went like, "Wow, I'm gonna play here so bad." It looks, it's it's like the closest we have to it in LA is the um, Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. But like, which is also amazing. But I I think that the Red Rocks is even like just the the Sonics and the atmosphere is is just even better. I saw a show there like five years ago and it changed my entire really? life. Really? Who'd you see? Yeah. Um I was I was so drunk I couldn't tell you. <laughs> somebody else somebody else bought the tickets and I was like, Yeah, we'll go, why not? Um, but I just it it was like the music bounced off the sky and came back at you. Wow. That sounds yeah, it sounds uh, ethereal. I would I would love to not not only play but go to a show there that's definitely on my bucket list to actually see like especially an artist that i loved playing there would be amazing what do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process cool yeah so for me when uh in typically when we when we go to write songs it's um a bit of a, co a collaboration between Jacoby and I. Uh, Jacoby is who's on here right now with me. He is the lead guitarist and also co-writer of all of all of our songs. Um, and for for me, when I'm working with other writers and such, I notice that I sometimes take a long time to write lines because I'm just going over the same section hundred times, trying to to find something that really speaks to me, calls to me, instead of when I work with other writers, they're better at just like throwing out ideas. And, um, you know, those, when, when, when you throw out ideas, sometimes other people can take that idea and riff upon it and you end up with really, really great lines versus I think I have a habit to just be more introspective and always kind of in my head thinking about something which can produce great, um, great lines and great writing. Ultimately, it has its upsides and its downsides. And I would say mine, honestly, um, and this is only when when I'm collaborating. So like oftentimes whenever I'm like writing by myself, I don't really have an issue. But like when I um, am writing with other people and someone doesn't like a line that I suggested, I hate the 
the the couple like the minute or two or three that I have to stomach my own ego. <laughs> I know it's I'm not alone here. I, I mean, any person that's ever written a song with anyone else can probably relate. But like, I just have to sit there and be like, "What do you, what do you mean you don't like my idea?" And, and and it just takes a second. But after a while, I'm I've gotten really really good at just ignoring that voice and just allowing the collaboration process to just move on smoothly and just throw out another idea. Yeah, that's a good one. I. I feel that about swallowing uh, the ego. I've been on a few like podcast planning meetings and I'll be like, well, this, this would be a fun show. And they're like, no. And in the back of the <laughs> I'm going, no, you're wrong. <laughs> like, I know this will work. Yeah. But it, it gives you a chance to be able to just like go back, collect, think about maybe reworking it like the idea and then presenting it again because they don't know where it came from. So they can't just tell you the whole thing is a bad idea. They just might not like that right in the, yeah, moment. the presentation. The presentation, you could always get a second chance to and try something new. It's It's all a growth process. And full disclosure, this show was actually an idea that was uh, shot down for someone else. And I was like, well, fine. They were like, Nobody, nobody's going to listen to that. Nobody cares. And I was like, I'll show you. I will show you. That's, that. that's really sick. We love, love we love the persistence. I think that's what a lot of getting through, you know, um, stumbling, stumbling blocks, like, you know, our bad habits or any of those things, it just comes with persistence and uh, trying, recognizing them first and then just trying to figure out ways to get around it and, and it'll ultimately make you, uh, it'll give you something new, you know. For you, it was a, a new and hopefully successful podcast. <laughs> it's it's become one of one of my favorite shows to do. I love that. That's really cool. What's a song that anytime you hear it on like streaming or the radio, you go, damn, I wish I wrote that. So I have, I have two personally. Um, one is just because I think it's a genius song and it's one of my favorite songs. The other one is because I think it actually kind of sounds like something that I feasibly would have thought of, but somebody beat me to it. Uh, and the first one is Jesus of Suburbia by Green Day as like a almost a, a rock opera or play kind of vibe where it's just super long it's like eight minutes or something and uh it switches through all these different chords and ideas and i just love uh how everything flows together i think it's so so perfect and you know i wish i would have been the person to to come up with that idea and, and do it although the other one which i think would be more feasible for our band and whatnot is a song called drown by bring me the horizon just uh, one of those songs where when, when I hear it personally, I relate to it so much. And even though it's somewhat simple, it has just a, a really a meaning that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I think you know, it's just one of those songs every time I hear it, I'm like, wow, I wish I wrote this song. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would definitely say, well, I have I have two. The first one is um, Three Nights by Dominic Fike. I actually <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite songs ever. Um, and like the joke is, is that I um, only heard that song because I showed it to uh, this woman at a meeting. Uh, I showed sorry, I showed one of like my other songs that I wrote in a meeting and they went like, oh, this reminds me of this song. And then that's when I found out about it. And I went this sounds like the song I wrote, but better. And then, <laughs> and then, like, I just fell in love with that. And I just love, you know, Dominic Fike in general, but um, Three Nights. And then the other one is just, like, every break-in song. There's a, I don't know if you know the artist Break-ins. He's just one of my favorite. The way he, like, 
uh, blends like emo and like Midwest emo style music with, you know, um, hyper glitch pop or whatever, just like his productions are amazing. So like anything that he does, I hear it and I just wish I did it or could have done it. <laughs> um, so yeah, like every, every breaking song that he's ever made. I think ultimately hindsight is 2020, right? You hear a song and it's so great or it's become popular and you're like, Oh, I could have I could have done that, but it's like in in reality, you never know when that moment will happen for you where you make a song that somebody else is like, "Oh, I could have done that." Exactly. So just got to keep going. Absolutely. Describe your perfect day. Um, all right. So, <laughs> it begins I I I wake up probably like 10. Um, no, actually I like waking up early. So, I'd say around like 8 a.m. Um, and I rise, um, get brunch with some, you know, really, really good friends, uh, with mimosas. I love mimosas. And then, uh, we go to the beach. Um, I just sit with the waves. I mean, we're not doing a whole beach day. It's just like a really, you know, just sitting with the waves, meditating, or just like having a nice conversation. Um, then like sushi on the way back, you know, just stop by some place near, you know, somewhere off the PCH and get some sushi. Um, and then on the way back on the car ride, you know, we have to get through the 405 or whatever, the 10, and we, you know, we're on there for an hour. So <laughs> like, but on the ride back, you know, I get a final master back from an engineer and, um, the, the track that we made, you know, that, you know, we weren't sure how it was going to sound, sounds amazing on the car ride home. It's really, really bumped through the speakers and we're all falling in love with it and, you know, blasting it five times on the way back. Um, and then, you know, once we get back to the place, we, you know, take a little nap or, and then wake up and then start to get ready for a show while, you know, some really good music's playing. Um, we kill the show. It, I didn't mess up, you know, at least more than twice. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, but like had a blast, you know, like kill the guitar solo, everything. And then um, after the show, you know, like talk to, you know, the people afterwards, the friends and fans and fans or whatever that, that were there. Uh, hang out for a little bit then we get some ramen on the way back and then uh like get wasted and probably you know throw up the ramen at, like, <laughs> after a little bit <laughs> or whatever but it's all in, all in the fun of rock and roll and then uh we like fall asleep while watching an adam sandler movie and that's the end of the day sounds like a fun day <laughs> that's my idea <laughs> i'd say for me we have definitely similarities that i that i um that i put down i i would also say like even though i don't always love waking up early the days where i prepared for it, i went to sleep early and then i wake up early the next day and you know it feels like the day is so much longer when you wake up early and that's what i love about it uh and you know some friends stayed over so just waking up with the presence of people that i that i really enjoy being around and love and calm morning maybe just doing some you know form of meditation or breathing exercise or something just reminding us that we're that we're present and being grateful for for just even waking up and then uh i would love to, i love going to the park or even on a hike just anything to sort of surround myself with nature and feel grounded to the earth um after that i would love to just come home make some food with everyone like fresh lunch i love cooking a lot uh after that i would say i i personally really feel love feeling like healthy and productive and I do uh, martial arts so going to like martial arts class in the late evening would be just top off of a kind of calm day with friends super fun just for like an hour come back and you know we're gonna go to rehearsals 
just all of my friends are there rehearsing or playing a show, either one. It's kind of a similar energy to me, just being able to play live music with my friends. And this band is, is soul healing. And then uh, go back, maybe if we're lucky, we get to go in a hot tub, uh, have a drink or two and just chill. I, I personally like days that have a lot, lot going on, but are at the same time, everything is very calm and peaceful at the same time. So Nice. What's a song lyric, yours or someone else's, that's always stuck with you? I, I, um, one of the first times I ever started really paying attention to lyrics when I was a lot younger, I, it was a song called Just Like Heaven by The Cure. You may know it. Uh, nice. And it was specifically i was reading the lyrics on itunes or whatever website and there's on the third verse or kind of the bridge he says i found myself alone 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 above a raging sea that stole the only girl i loved and drowned her deep inside of me and i that lyric has always stuck with me when i think about like my own writing or anything just the way that he uses the metaphor of the raging sea and being alone standing above it and and how he's relating that to kind of his own love or his own relationship with a girl or with himself even, and how he's kind of wallowing in his own self-pity. I remember just reading it and listening to it at the same time and being just like, wow, this is, this is very much so poetry more than just, you know, song lyrics. And yeah, it's, it's always stuck with me. And also we got, we had the pleasure of covering just like heaven, which we, we got to release on streaming platforms. So super excited. And you guys can go check that out. Uh, just like heaven by London's falling on all streaming platforms. Um, for me, my favorite, uh, artist, uh, or one of my favorite artists of all time, uh, is Frank Ocean, uh, probably the second favorite. Um, but like definitely uh, tied with one. And he has a lyric off of White Ferrari from Blonde that just says, uh, you dream of walls that hold us in prison. It's just a skull, at least that's what they call it. And I personally just really, really love lyrics that are semi-sarcastic or like semi just like, you know, um, not, you know, that, that just have a little bit of um, wit to them. And, um, but also can allude to, um, I guess deeper meanings like this one um and it's just like the way that like like he's talking to i guess a, a partner about like mental health and the fact that um sometimes we can get like stuck inside our own minds and feel trapped there and i definitely relate to that feeling i just sometimes wish that i could like exit the walls of my mind and i sound so yeah. <laughs> so you know <laughs> but uh like it, it's definitely just something like i i love finding beautiful ways to express those type of, you know, like feelings that a lot of people might feel. And if you said it directly, it would just come off as a little bit, you know, uh, self-pitying or a little bit like cliche. But the way that it's expressed seems so genuine and that you can't really ignore it no matter how, you know, um, like overly stated the point itself might be. So I just I just love the way that it's it's put in this song. I, it's one of my favorite lyrics ever uh, from one of my favorite songs ever. I love that. Describe your music using only colors. Sheesh. So neither of us has uh, what's it called? Synth. synth I I Asia have a or... I have a little bit of synesthesia, but like not like <laughs> like I don't not like Pharrell. Yeah, like not or like Billie Eilish or whatever. I like I when I hear I honestly have to 
hear a song for a little bit and then I see the colors, but I can't just do it, you know, on the spot. But if I were to right now, I would have to say like either like just straight, you know, like like very, very nice black and white, like a nice iteration of of, of straight black and white, or some songs feel a little bit more yellow green. Um but that's the best I can for me. I said red because of some of the the pace of the music can be quite fast and it just I don't know it feels red to me uh, orange because of sort of an exciting or exhilarating aspect I think orange is a very exciting and alive color when you look at it and blue green because blue green is sort of the more emotionally introspective aspect of our music that kind of blends in weirdly well with the the red and the orange to me but ultimately it's kind of i like that question it's very very interesting <laughs> what's a song that you've written that you feel like would be perfect for a film soundtrack so um we have a you know a few songs in the tuck that we um are have yet to release um and but you know we've definitely recorded and gone through and worked really really hard on and can't wait to release them um and like one of them i think literally was written like for a <laughs> song soundtrack not actually but like it feels like like the most cinematic song ever uh called teenage tragedy um and it's 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 honestly like thematic i the way we produce it out like you know i i have definitely some like background even just working in you know um like film type of music and just in general just like we really tried to go in and make it as thematic as possible with you know um orchestral type of you know things and um i don't know it's 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 such an awesome song can't wait till it's in a movie yeah it's kind of hard with it not being released we can't yeah Nobody we can't really explain about, we can't really explain it i mean there are definitely some people that you know some friends or like people that we work with that have heard it but can't say much more <laughs> That's fair. That's completely fair. So this next question is kind of a choose your own adventure thing. Um, and since there are two of you, uh, usually there's just one pick, uh, but I will let you each pick one. Oh, wow. Uh, so what I've got are the most cliche questions that all musicians get asked in interviews. And your choices are, who are your influences? what got you started in music or what is your creative process like so i mr trevec will choose <laughs> the second question which what got you started in music i like a you know a few other people you know or a lot of other people actually went through an awkward phase in middle school but i was particularly bullied quite hard in sixth grade um it it, it really really sucked for reasons that had nothing to do with me um I was a pretty hyper ADHD kid, but um, anyways, I was not treated well whatsoever in the sixth grade. I remember one day by teacher or by students or teachers. Um, I remember one day getting berated or like, you know, yelled at by my favorite teacher and then yelled at while I was crying from this from the first favorite teacher by the other least favorite teacher for why are you crying in the hallways? And I remember having the worst, worst day ever. And I walked through the halls of that school um, and I overheard music being played from a um, like some classroom uh, 
nearby and I went to it and it was kind of like literally like School of Rock with Jack Black. It was exactly that thing. It was <laughs> it was a School of Rock type of thing called Rock Band or not. No, it wasn't called Rock Band. It was called uh, Star, Program. Star Program. I forgot what it was. The exact name of it was. It was a star program thing where they basically put kids together and um, like to practice a bunch. And then at the end of the year or at the end of the program, you would perform at the House of Blues. Uh, growing, I mean, I grew up in L.A., so think, you know, it's really awesome that I had that opportunity. But they just allowed me to do it. They were like, we need a singer. You want to join? And I mean, I had no clue how to sing. I was terrible. But like I remember practicing with them at first. We did Sweet Child of Mine and then eventually <laughs> we switched to um tnt by acdc because the guitarist i don't think was able to play the solo for sweet child of mine <laughs> but uh he was 10 so come on and um so i remember that plus playing you know rock band like in the video game as a kid were the two things that made life semi worth living i i really 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 put everything into it and enjoyed it so much that I, you know, afterwards, I like my parents and family saw how natural I looked on stage and how much I, you know, was enthralled by it. And I didn't even register it. I was just doing it. And then my family was like, you, you might need to do this. Like you looked so amazing up there and amazing energy wise. I probably didn't sound that great. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, you know, that that was my start in music was definitely just using it as a catharsis for harsh bullying. I want names. I want names. <laughs> names. Names of names of what? The bullies. I, I want names oh. of the bullies. Names. Of names of the bullies. Numbers. Yeah. All of them. Oh, teachers is Miss Brown. <laughs> if you're out there, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Miss Brown. <laughs> if you're out there, just know you made a superstar. <laughs> Honestly, I really hope like she like hears me on the radio one day and then like goes to see me in concert, not knowing mm-hmm. what I look like. And I see her in the middle of the crowd, and I can just flip her off, like, <laughs> real, in the middle of a solo. Yes. Um, the, the the question that I think I'm gonna choose is, uh, what is your creative process like? It's something that we don't talk about a lot. We we're pretty active on social media, though. This is one thing that we strangely don't um, talk about a lot online, which is kind of our creative process, and the and so we we typically start at least on all of our previous songs um with a acoustic guitar something to set up a chord structure and start writing melodies or any words or themes that jump out to us it's just really easy to mess around on an acoustic guitar and there's not really that many strings attached so i love i love writing over just guitar or piano even uh and then after that we typically switch to our electric guitars and amps and we like to record the demo we have or i have a, a home studio where we record mostly everything and so it's it really allows us the access to be able to just make demos or even complete songs um, and just kind of work on them as much as we need to without having to worry about other people wanting to use the studio or uh, having to pay engineers constantly which can be one of the reasons why rock music specifically is so expensive to make Uh, and so then after that i have a midi drum set in here where we will start like practicing the drum parts with our drummer and then we typically after the song is written we'll just rehearse it a ton and try to really flush out any parts or any changes that we feel um 
you know, might be a little off in the demo when we actually go to play it live. And then after that, once the drums are like really set, especially the drum parts are the hardest, then we'll go and record all of the drums. Uh, for some songs, we recorded ourselves. Other songs, we have gone to studios to record. Either way, then uh, Jacoby and I are pretty much the lead engineers, writers, and producers on all of our own music. So we we have to go in and clean up all the all the tracks and mix them uh add any post-production that we that we feel benefits the song and and do everything ourselves and then uh, eventually just get it mastered by an engineer to to really round it off and make sure that it sounds as professional as possible but though it's a lot of work it's it's really great i think and uh, it's something that's very unique to our band that we can uh and do everything ourselves it's really it's really a special thing for us that we're proud of do you consider yourselves artists or musicians I, or entertainers? I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, uh, definitely artists. I think that we've definitely had to uh, both learn and teach ourselves how to also entertain because I, I, I think especially nowadays, um, it's a lot more beneficial and you can garner a larger audience. It's, it's a lot harder to just be an artist nowadays um, to catch attention um and to really really try to you know like nurture that attention on a consistent basis you kind of have to constantly perform constantly um do things put yourself out there that you know, and we're not we're not at all you know we we understand why and you know we we're excited too it's a really fun thing um but naturally we definitely are artists and we really really like to express you know deeper themes um our our inner psyche we normally just have very, very deep conversations um, about how we're feeling the world, where the world is going, how we're growing as people. And we love expressing that in different ways. Um, it, like London is, you know, I think extremely artful, even outside of music in so many different ways, you know, just writing poetry to himself um, in notebooks and trying to express, you know, that that side of them you know to to no one is definitely something that like yeah. na is more natural than um absolutely being extremely entertaining on a consistent basis tell me about the moment in your career that you're most proud of for i can't speak for for jacoby but for me i i think we re we recently played a show at Viper at the Viper Room, uh, and I had played there years and years ago, which was I would say before this show again was probably my most proud moment was to play. So it was a very full circle moment to be playing at the same venue years later, and we really worked hard to promote and and build a following on social media beforehand. And all of our other shows felt way more relaxed as far as, you know, inviting people to the show or whatever. And this time for probably the first time in the history of our band, uh, live show wise, we promoted the living hell out of the show to literally everyone we possibly could. We went in the streets and walked around and handed out flyers to people and did a lot of things that were usually, I would say, outside of our comfort zone. And so we played the show. Everything went pretty much as perfect as it could have been. And there were actually tons of people showed up and even some people that were just fans who had never, we don't know in person, they they just came because 
they liked our band um and they knew us from social media and stuff and it was it was a really proud moment at least for me to just interact with everyone and see the fruition of all of our hard work no honestly and for me too like like i i I definitely agree that that was probably my proudest moment um especially like the first one i can think of right now um but I, I like the the favorite moment that we had was definitely engaging with the people that we had never even met before, but knew us and like getting to converse with them, how they heard about us, you know, like who they were, what they were into, all that kind of stuff, how far some of them came from, like even pretty far, farther than I would drive for anybody. Um, <laughs> personally, I just, you know, but um, that that was that was honestly so, so awesome to see, like how excited they were. Some of them like knew every word to the songs that we had out and like we're singing along you know on stage like that was so amazing even you know it, it was just it was it was probably both of our proudest moments yeah, absolutely. just recently and I, hopefully there's more to come if you could start your career over from the minute you decided to pursue music would you do anything differently i maybe is my ultimate answer uh I I think that everything that has been done, all the decisions that I've made or all of the things that haven't worked out or have worked out were ultimately for a reason. It led me to this exact position and place with this band doing now what I really love to do and working super hard to push it forward. I, I think that if I had any advice for my younger self and if I was put in that position, where I had to restart. I think the main thing for both of us that we would redo is just being more active on social media and being less sort of picky and choosy about our songs and what songs got released and just being able to to put our music out there without having so much self-judgment or for me personally, at least being like, oh, well, I need to have a fan base to put this music out because it just won't be appreciated if I put it out now. When in reality, if you have no music out, you're never going to get that fan base. Yeah, I think place. I think they definitely I, I hear it a lot of uh, advice that I hear from people is just like not to be too precious. And and I at first was really cynical whenever hearing that advice because I just went like, oh, that's just because, you know, you don't know how good my music is. You don't know how like <laughs> how high I'm meant to reach. But like. And also because, you know, they probably were talking about, you know, like I always took it as an extreme, like to, to just go, you know, to be the opposite of Precious and to not value your work at all and just put it out the second that you start writing it, which, you know, you don't have to. You can do a middle ground and just just I my problem was that I aligned myself too much with my heroes and I wanted to have a legacy exactly like theirs, but I didn't know all about their entire legacy. So like, and I didn't know, you know, their beginnings as well as I thought that they did that I did and they were doing things that you know, probably were a lot healthier and a lot more open with their growth process, which is the main answer that I would say as easy as, as, as I would, I would just wish that I had a, more, a better growth mindset instead of a fixed one, because then I would have a better relationship with myself, let alone, you know, seeing more yeah. growth, like, you know, in, in, in the career, it would just be a lot healthier and steadier than I had to be. Absolutely. So tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on 911 and the rest of your music. Sweet. Yeah. So we just released 911 in January as uh, in collaboration with a good friend of ours and a really talented and amazing artist from the UK, Maca Wiles. And it is out now on all streaming platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Distri- or, um, Deezer, literally anywhere you can find it. 
uh, we also just released a YouTube video um, for a, like official music video where we are in a talent show and it's a really fun and exciting kind of ode to the 2000s pop punk scene kind of a music video. And uh, yeah, check it out. 911 by London's Falling and Maca Wiles out now. And where can they track you down on social media? Uh, you can follow us at London's Falling, which is L-O-N-D-Y-N-N-E-S. Falling, um, pretty much that's every like social media platform you can find. So, uh, Instagram, Twitter, um, also YouTube. TikTok. TikTok, everything. Um, Facebook. If, 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 if anyone has a complaint about the spelling, <laughs> it is also so that we can easily spell our name without like having it conflict with anyone else because... You know, that's yeah. always an issue. It's also my name, London. So it's London's falling. Like, that's I'm falling. that's the main <laughs> issue. Uh, or not, sorry, that's the main reason. Um, but yeah, the other reason is also a secondary one. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for taking time out of your day to talk to me a little bit about yourselves and your music. I have enjoyed this so very much. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. This as much as you. Yeah, this has been a really great experience, and it was so great to meet you. Thank you so much for having us on, Greg. And uh, yeah, hopefully, very excited for this to drop, and hopefully, we get to uh, meet again. This has been a Rod Wharton production in association with Spring Break 83 Entertainment. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without explicit consent.